and this is Pastor Daniel McGee with Connection Church in New York City. Thank you for listening to our church's weekly podcast. We hope God uses this sermon to encourage you and to increase your faith in Him. If you'd like to know more about our church, please check out our website at ConnectionNYC.com or like us on Facebook at ConnectionNYC. Grace and peace be with you. A reading from the Old Testament book of Genesis. So the chief cupbearer told his dream to Joseph and said to him, In my dream, behold, there was a vine in front of me, and on the vine there were three branches. And as it was budding, its blossoms came out, and its clusters produced ripe grapes. Now Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, so I took the grapes and squeezed them into Pharaoh's cup, and I put the cup in Pharaoh's hand. Then Joseph said to him, This is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days. Within three days, within three more days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your office, and you will put Pharaoh's cup into his hand, according to your former custom when you were his cupbearer. Only keep me in mind when it goes well with you, and please do me a kindness by mentioning me to Pharaoh and get me out of this house. For I was in fact kidnapped from the land of the Hebrews, and even here I have done nothing that they should have put me into the dungeon. This is the word of the Lord. And when we as people go through adversity and pain, it, it's easy to think that God has forgotten about us. It's difficult to go through. Adversity can be many different things. It can be sickness, anxiety. It can be unable to sleep, unable to focus. It can be strained relationships, divorce, breakups, and much more. Basically, it's anything that you've prayed about, that you've asked God to remove from your life and he's not yet removed it. It's anything that needs to be fixed in your life, but God still hasn't fixed it. And when this happens, it's easy for us to think, well, since this isn't being fixed, maybe God's just forgotten about me. It's easy to feel disappointed in God for not doing something and not helping us. I remember before going into ministry, I was in my mid-20s, and I was trying to find out what I was going to do with the rest of my life. And uh, I, was, I was looking for a new job, and I had a friend who worked for a railroad company. And he said, dude, you'll make a lot of money. You'll get to drive trains. It'll be, a, it'll be great. And I was thinking, all right, we'll give that a shot. He just got hired. He knew someone who was on the inside, and I had my interview. And I nailed it. It was so good. I was like, this is my job here. It was, it was a done deal. It was closed. They told me, the, like, the next Thursday, be by your phone from 6 to 8 p.m., and we'll be calling all of our, um, the ones that we've, we're going to hire. We'll be calling the candidates that we hire. So I was confidently waiting at 6 p.m. for the phone to ring. And then it became 6.15, 6.30, 6.45, 7. And I'm thinking, you know, maybe it's a big list. You know, maybe they're out to get coffee or a hamburger. And they'll get around to it. Uh, all these excuses. But as it got further and further... In, the, in time, I, I, become, I became more anxious, more worried. Have they forgotten about me? What is it? What, what's, what's going on here? And then 8 o'clock happened, and my anxiety turned to disappointment. I felt dejected. I was hopeless. I was even angry. Um, I had thoughts like, what, am I not good enough for them? I had everything. 
great referrals, a great interview, had inside favor with someone who was going to make the hires. I was told this was a done deal, but it didn't happen. I also felt like that God had forgotten me, that he didn't want me to provide for my family in this way, or provide for my family and, and find what I was supposed to do. I was, I was disappointed in thinking that he had let me down. Since that time of, you know, a, a long time ago, about 14 years ago now, God has shown me that through life and through circumstances that he had something else for me to do, that there was another calling that he had for my life. And I didn't realize it at the time, though. I, I, at that time, if I could go back, I would deal with it differently. But at the time, I didn't feel loved by God. All the signs pointed to yes. Even the little eight ball that you shake and ask, God says, all signs point to yes. It, I didn't really do that, but um, it felt like that. But it didn't happen. I felt forgotten and disappointed. I imagine all of us have felt that way at some point. That at some point we feel like, okay, I'm not on God's radar. I'm disappointed in the way he's running things. I feel like if I had my own universe, I would do a much better job. But there was maybe something that you wanted in life. Something you needed and someone didn't come through for you. Maybe you're disappointed today because what you should be getting is not what you're getting. Maybe there's something in your life, even something good, that you know God wants for you. It's a good thing, but you haven't gotten it yet. Maybe you feel forgotten. Maybe you feel disappointed. Maybe some of you are even angry with God. So what do you need to endure? What's going to get you through today? What's going to lead you into tomorrow? What do you need to know like I needed to know 14 years ago? What do you need to know today, right now? Well, if you want, you can follow through the sermon in the outline here. We're going to fill out the very first one. And this is a principle that you need to know today, that I need to know today. And number one is, the, or not number one, but the, first, the principle, the overarching principle is God works through our great pain to achieve his good purpose. God works through our great pain to achieve his good purpose. You can leave that up for a little bit. So if you remember the story of Joseph, you may be asking, all right, so where was God in this story of Joseph? We kind of know how that story ends, but if we enter into this specific situation where he's being abandoned, you may be wondering, where was God for him? Because Joseph, remember to review before we hit the scripture, he was sold into slavery by his brothers. That's not really a fun thing to go through, I hear. Number two, he, was, he, he, he rose in the servant world to become a, uh, the, the leader, if you will, of, of a powerful man named Potiphar's house. So he rose in the ranks as high as he was able to go. But then he was falsely accused by his wife, or by Potiphar's wife, of rape, even though he resisted. He was falsely accused of that, and he was sent to prison. But even in all that, over and over, we read these words. But the Lord was with Joseph. But the Lord remembered Joseph. And he gave him favor. And so even while in prison for being falsely accused of rape, he was rising in favor. And he became to be in the position of being in charge over all the other prisoners. And God gave him favor in that. So we'll pick up from there. So he's, he's risen in rank, if you will. 
not if you will, he is risen in rank. There's no if you will. It's just he's risen in rank. And he's overcharged uh, all of the, the servants. And now we pick up here in John, uh, John. John's a great book, but we're in Genesis tonight. Genesis chapter 40, verse 1. And we'll start there. Then it came about after these things, all the things that I just highlighted, the cupbearer and the baker for the king of Egypt offended their lord. We don't really know exactly what they did, but they offended him. Now the cupbearer is the one who would go and they would drink from the cup to make sure it wasn't poison for the king. And the baker, well, he baked things. Figure that one out. So the king of Egypt uh, is who their lord was. Number two, Pharaoh was furious with the two officials, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker. So he put them in confinement in the house of the captain of the bodyguard in the jail, the same place where Joseph was in prison. The captain of the bodyguard put Joseph in charge of them, and he took care of them. And they were in confinement for some time. Then the cupbearer and the baker for the king of Egypt, who were confined in jail, both had a dream the same night. The sermon series is entitled Dreamer. So Joseph had these dreams, and his brothers hated him. He was sold into slavery. Now these people are having dreams as well. They both had a dream the same night, each man with his own dream and each dream with his own interpretation. When Joseph came to them in the morning and observed them, behold, they were dejected. He asked Pharaoh's officials who were with him in confinement in the master's house, why are your faces so sad today? This is what Joseph asked them. Then they said to Joseph, we we have had a dream and there's no one to interpret it. Then Joseph said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell it to me, please. So these guys come in. They're they're accused. They're maybe guilty. We don't know exactly what happened. They've offended the king. Now they are in prison. And Joseph goes to them and says, Tell me this dream that you have. And uh, if this next slide here, we'll go through the highlights of what Renata read for us uh, in, in those verses. I don't want to read them all again for us, but basically they tell their dreams to Joseph, and he starts to interpret them for them. He tells them what they mean. The next one, one of them gets good news. That's the cupbearer. And the other one, the baker, gets bad news. One's like, your news is good. You're going to be restored. The other one's like, it's not going to work out for you, son. This is going to be really bad. And then Joseph tells the cupbearer, because he knows he gave the cupbearer good news based on his dream, he says, I want you to remember me. Remember me. Because I'm giving you a good interpretation here. I I know this is going to happen. Remember me, because I'm innocent. I shouldn't even be in here. So since I've done this for you, I want you to remember me. Now let's go to verse 16 in chapter 40. When the chief baker saw that he had it, interpreted favorably he said to joseph i also saw in my dream and behold there were i gave you a little bit of spoiler alert didn't i um i had also interpreted in my dream uh saw in my dream and behold there were three baskets of white bread on my head and in the top basket there were some of all sorts of baked food for pharaoh and the birds were eating them out of the basket in my head and then joseph answered and said this is my this is this interpretation The three baskets are three days. Within three more days, Pharaoh will lift up your head from you, and he will hang you on a tree. So that's the bad news. And the birds will eat your flesh off you. All right. Verse 20. Thus it came about on the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, 
that he made a feast for all his servants. And he lifted up the head of the chief cupbearer and the head of the chief baker among his servants. He restored the chief cupbearer to his office, and he put the cup into Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker just as Joseph had interpreted to him. And then verse 23, Yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but what? Forgot him. We have objections to the way God runs his universe sometimes. For example, we say it's not fair for bad things to happen to good people. Why do bad things happen to good people? Well, one of the things we understand is that God isn't removed from experiencing that principle in his own life. You see, Jesus was the most good of any of us. Perhaps we don't get our fair treatment, but maybe we don't want fair treatment since the fair treatment we deserve would be death. Maybe what we want instead is the mercy of God that he took the brunt of as our punishment on the cross. Sometimes we have the objection like, I don't know, who do you th- I mean, who does God think he is? Well, he's the creator of the universe. A principle we get from the scripture is this, that you or an I are only here because God has deemed us to be here. It's, you know the movie The Matrix, when he, when he finally reala- realizes that he's in this fake world and he's, he's, he's been fighting the battle against Morpheus and he's, he's struggling for breath and he, he's just on his knees. He's like, and Morpheus says, do you think that's air you're breathing? And he's like, whoa. Sometimes it's, it's good for us to realize that the air we're breathing would not even be ours if it were not for God giving us air to breathe. We are here because he deems us to be here. He's given us life. He's given us a choice in our lives as to who we're going to worship. We're either going to worship the one who's worthy of worship, as most of the songs that we sang tonight were extremely praiseworthy to the mightiness of God, or we're going to worship something lesser than the only one who can receive and accept our due worship without being corrupted by it. If we were to be worshipped like God is worshipped, it would corrupt us. The word, but God was with Joseph, when we see that in, in all through Genesis, we see that it corrects us to know that God does not abandon us during the bad times of life, but that God is there with us. He doesn't leave us. But later in the story, Joseph is before his brothers, and this is uh, in chapter 50, I think, or 49. And so Joseph is before his brothers, and they're there asking for bread and for food from, uh, from the famine they're going through. And they see that it's him, and they're overcome with grief and terrified at who he is because he's in power now over all of Egypt, number two in all of Egypt. And Joseph tells them, he says, don't be mad and angry with yourselves. It's a phenomenal statement. Don't, don't be mad at yourselves. And then he says, what, what you meant for evil... God used for good. God sent him. He's saying, God sent me this way. You think you had all the power, but God was orchestrating this. My great pain was for a purpose. And you may be thinking, well, I don't really see a purpose in the pain I'm going through. What's the purpose of my anxiety? What's the purpose of my work issues that I'm having? What's the purpose of my being sick or my loved one being sick? What's the purpose in this? Well, it may not seem good to us, but God's purpose is bigger than our individual lives. 
What if God is working something much greater than just the orchestrated moments of your life? God is working a plan that is for the world, not just for you and for me. At the same time, you can understand these principles, that your struggles and your pain affect your life. They do. They affect it. I'm not saying you should um, try to sweep them under the rug. We should also understand that God cares for us. That's true. We should understand that, that God has also made us a victorious person and sin and death no longer constrain us. Yes, that is absolutely true. But all these things that while they are true, God is still working through and in an imperfect world. And so he works in the midst of a world full of pain. As Christians, we, do, we don't escape all of our problems, but God gives us a new perspective over them. He gives us power in them. Life was really hard for Joseph. And life is really hard for us. But God promises to be with us the same way that he was with Joseph. And when we believe that God works through our great pain to achieve his good purpose, then it empowers us to live differently. Something changes. And God promises that he will be with us. So there's three ways tonight we're going to see that we can live differently Three ways that will be changed if we are believing that God works through our great pain to achieve his good purpose. And the first one is this. We can serve selflessly. We can serve selflessly. You can write that down in there. Joseph was very other-minded. He wasn't self-centered in his thinking while he was in prison. If you think back to what, actually we'll just read it right here. In Genesis chapter 40 verses 5 through 7. Then the cupbearer and the baker for the king of Egypt, who were confined in jail, both had a dream the same night, each man with his own dream and each with his own interpretation. When Joseph came to them in the morning and observed them, behold, they were dejected. He asked Pharaoh's officials who were with him in confinement of his master's house, and this is the question he asked them. He said, why are your faces so sad today? So these two men are thrown into prison with him. He shouldn't be there in prison to begin with. And they're falsely, he was falsely accused of something that he resisted several times after initially being sold into slavery by his brothers. So bad news for Joseph has been just happening all over. But he still looks at them and he says, why are your faces so sad today? He was concerned for them. He was concerned enough to ask them. And there's a danger when we are going through adversity and pain and when things aren't going the way we want them to go for us to become self-absorbed and focused on our problems when we go through these difficult times. Maybe instead of asking them, why are you so sad-faced today? Maybe our response would be, what's wrong with your face? Or, dude, you better go cry on somebody else's shoulder. Or, you don't have a reason to be downcast. Listen to my story. That seems to be more of a natural bent for myself. But that wasn't the story for Joseph. Joseph was other-minded. He had plenty of reasons to complain. More than most of us. But he was other-minded. He was concerned for them. And there's something beautiful in this that translates right over, right over from Joseph to Jesus. And fortunately for us, Jesus was also other-minded. He was the most other-minded person ever. 
while he was being crucified, he listened to the request of a guilty criminal on a cross next to him and promised him that, yes, because you trust me, you will be with me in paradise. While he was on the cross, he was other-minded toward those who were crucifying him, and he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. If anyone had the greatest case for thinking about themselves and saying, there's no reason I should ever go through this, it is only Jesus. But he wasn't consumed with his own struggle. In his suffering, he was serving selflessly. You can serve and I can serve selflessly. It doesn't mean that we need to suppress or hide our hurts, but it, it means we don't allow those things to overwhelm and consume us. Because we know that God has not forgotten us, then, then we can realize that even this, even this what I'm going through, God is going to work for his good purpose. And instead of wondering how I can get others to see my suffering and help me, instead we start to ask this question, how is God working in my suffering to further his plan to bring restoration and hope to the people in my life? Instead of me, 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 it's, God, how are you going to use this? How are you going to use this great pain I'm going through? And I know that you understand what I'm going through, and I know you feel it, and that's all good, but how are you going to use this for the good? And then now we have eyes to look around us for our cupbearers, and our bakers. So keep praying and praising God in the midst of your struggle. I get it. You're in a church, and we have struggles, and we need to tell each other about them. But more than that, we don't need just that. We need more than that. We need to teach each other how to praise God in the midst of them. Amen? Keep praying and praising God in the midst of your struggle. Serve others. Look for people who are suffering with you and seek to serve them. We can serve selflessly. The second way is this. We can witness consistently. We can witness consistently. Sometimes Facebook helps me out with memories. Uh, I, I don't know if it's a digital age or just the natural progression of humanity, but I seem to forget things more recently. But I had a Facebook memory pop up from an unknown source, and the quote is this. The quote is, Nothing keeps Christians from speaking of Jesus like forgetting what he has done for them. Nothing keeps Christians from speaking of Jesus like forgetting what he has done for them. When you forget all the good things he's done for you, when you're displeased with God, you won't speak of him often. And when you do speak of him, it likely won't lead others to worship and exalt his name. Joseph mentions God in this discussion with the men. In verse 8 of chapter 40, it reads this. Then they said to Joseph, we've had a dream and there's no one to interpret it. Then Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God? So he drops God's name in the middle of this. In the midst of his suffering, in the midst of him being in prison, he gives glory to God. He says, tell it to me, please. So Joseph all that he's done, even though he's guilty or found guilty of a crime he didn't commit, he gives credit to the Lord God. He says, I don't have the power to help you, but God does. Now tell it to me, and God will give us the answer. So our pain that we go through is an opportunity for the platform of God. 
so people see what we're going through. And when we trust God in the middle of the difficulties, it's a powerful witness for Christ. You may be wondering, well, when is a, when is a good time to speak highly of the Lord? The answer to that is simple. Always. It's always good to speak highly of Him. Right now is the time to speak highly of Him. We're called to be a witness of Christ, to, to tell others, to testify, to point to Him and give Him the glory, give Him the credit, not only in the good times. I think sometimes it's easier in the good times, but in, sometimes in the bad times, God's like your only choice. So sometimes it's easier in your bad times because I got nowhere to go but God. But we're called to be his witness consistently. We're to tell everyone that he's the king of kings, that he's the Lord of lords. And in the middle of our suffering, you can praise God that it will most certainly get the attention of others in your life. It will grab their attention. Number three, we can trust actively. So we can serve selflessly, we can witness consistently, and now we can trust actively. You know, would you agree that it's hard to trust someone if you don't think they care about you? I get phone calls. My, my phone is kind of public because when we planted the church, it became the church's phone number too. And so my phone number is like everywhere. And I get phone calls all the time from people, and they're mostly telemarketers. And, and I don't trust them. Um, because I don't think they actually care about me. I feel like they just want to sell me something. You, ever, you know what I'm talking about? I, I get that also when I'm just walking around and someone approaches me on the street. I just have this distrust of people because I feel like I'm just inundated with requests of help me, help me, or buy me, well, you know, all, all these things. That I'm, not buy me, but buy something from me. But uh, now we're talking Joseph stuff, right? Selling people in you know, slavery. But, um, so, but I feel like everybody wants something from me that they don't really have my best interest at heart. But they just want something. And so Joseph, even though he's going through this great difficulty and, and could potentially blame God for it, has full confidence in God, even though he doesn't see him at work. We see him actively speak faith, and he actively trusts in God in this verse, or in this chapter. Verse 14, chapter 40, verse 14. And he says to the cupbearer, remember? The cupbearer is the one he said hey, this is going to turn out good for you, you'll be restored. And then he said, only keep me in mind when, not if, when it goes well with you. Remember me, keep me in mind when this happens. God said this is going to happen, it's going to happen. Keep me in mind when this goes well with you, and please do me a, a kindness by mentioning me to Pharaoh and get me out of this house. <laughs> I want out of here. He says, when it finally goes well with you, It shows that Joseph had an active faith. He wasn't sitting back waiting. But faith is acting and speaking on a basis. And the foundation is this, that what God said is true. That's what Joseph was speaking. Joseph knew God had given him this gift of interpreting dreams. He believed it enough to say it. So God has given you and me a gift also. He's given us victory over death. He's given us victory over sickness. He's given us life. For all those that trust in Christ, God has given us the gift of becoming God's children. We are privileged, we are loved, and so remember when you feel forgotten, 
Remember to speak truth over your lives and truth over the lives of each other. Saying that God is going to provide for you. God is going to heal you. God loves you and he will never forget you. God is going to take this pain of mine and he's going to use it for a good purpose. God is going to take this pain of yours, this struggle that you're going through, as hard as it is, he is going to use it somehow for a good purpose. Say to yourselves, I am part of God's plan to bring peace and hope to the world through Jesus Christ. Say to each other, I am called by the Lord to be his witness in my home and neighborhood, my city and my world. We saw that very clearly in our connect group this past Tuesday night as we're going through different sections of scripture and we're basically developing sermons in that time. And it's, it's a rich time for us. And this week we looked at Acts 1-8 where, we, where Jesus told the disciples that you are my witnesses to the world. They asked the question, hey, are you going to restore the kingdom and kick Rome's tail and, and restore it back to us? And he's like, this is not for you to know. I have a mission for you. And a lot of times we're asking questions that we don't really need the answers to. We want to know what we want to know. We're not listening to what God has to say to us. But God has a mission for you as well, that he wants you to be his witness to this world. He's called you to this, and he will empower you. He says in the same verse, he will empower you with the Holy Spirit when you're on his mission. Maybe sometimes we go through difficult things because God needs to help us clarify our mission. Maybe we're confused people. That we confuse easily what we want with what God wants. And God needs to purify that. There's a purpose in the pain that we go through. Some of it isn't because we're not listening to God. Some of it is we're listening to God perfectly, just like Joseph. And we're doing exactly what we're supposed to be doing. And when bad things happen to us, it stinks. You know why? Because that's not the way our world works. Our world works this way. You're nice to your Uber driver, he gives you five stars. He's a good driver, you give him five. That's the way it works. I earn five. I ask questions like, why am I a 4.68 as a passenger? I should be a five. I'm a good rider. But trust in the things of your life, in the pains of your life, that there's a purpose in it. You don't have to see it. Joseph didn't see it. Do you know that the next verse, the very first verse of chapter 41 tells us after this, after the cupbearer forgot Joseph, two more years passed. Two more years. In our, in our Bibles, it just goes right to the next verse. <laughs> it's not that long for us. Two years. Two years. The cupbearer forgot Joseph after all of that came true. Everything he said came true. Two years. But you know what? God never forgot Joseph. He was let down by the cupbearer, but God never let him down. People have forgotten you, and they will forget you. Again, people have disappointed you, and people will disappoint you again. But God hasn't forgotten you either. And God is working in your life right now, in this moment. Our brokenness will expire one day. God has given us victory and power and the Holy Spirit. All these things are true. And we are being perfected. We are becoming more and more like Christ. But we're not there yet. Fully. 
We still live in a fallen world with principles of sickness and, 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 um, and death that we still have to deal with, but our perspective has changed. But one day, all of that brokenness is going to be expired. It's going away. One day we will suffer no more. Remember this, that if God didn't allow Jesus, his loved one, to suffer, then we wouldn't have life. We would not have hope. But through Jesus' great pain, we have been blessed through God's good purpose to save us from sin and death. Joseph was raised up out of prison in the next chapters we see this happening. He was raised up out of prison by the Pharaoh, the sovereign of the land. The most powerful man in the kingdom spoke, and he raised him up out of prison. God the Father, the sovereign of all creation, raised up Jesus Christ from the prison of death out of that tomb to a resurrected life, never to see decay again. That promise of resurrection is for all who call on the name of Lord, the Lord Jesus, all who repent and trust him. Joseph was raised in a position of power to the right hand of the Pharaoh, and Jesus is now raised to the powerful right hand of the Father. God's plan used Jesus' pain for the purpose of our good and also for the purpose of God's glory because Jesus gets all the credit for our salvation. We did not earn it, but we gladly receive it. So I'll close with this. Where is it that you need to acknowledge that you don't see God at work? I don't see God at work in this area, but regardless of not seeing him at work, I'm going to choose to believe he is. Where is that in your life? God is at work in your lives. When you feel forgotten and disappointed, remember that God is working through your great pain for his good purpose. People may forget you. People will certainly disappoint you, but God never will. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ guarantees that God is with us. It says over and over, God was with Joseph. And I'm going to just finish with this one line and say two times, God is with you. God is with you. Will you pray with me? Lord, we want to thank you for the story of Joseph, and we want to thank you that you have not forgotten us like you did not forget him. I know that there are people in here, because I have conversations with them, I know there are people that are struggling right now, that there are a myriad of things that we go through that, are, that we feel like we're forgotten or overlooked even, or just not getting a fair shake, or just struggling in general. There is disappointment that abounds, and it is difficult to go through these things, Lord, and I thank you that you are stronger than all of our problems. I pray that we would choose to claim victory over them, even though we may be walking through the struggle, God. You have given us victory over whatever it is, that you give us life, that you give us hope, and until you make it clear to us, I pray that we would give you glory in our struggle, that when it's difficult and when we don't want to, that we would choose to praise you and to love you and to worship the name of Jesus because as we see from the Scriptures,
and from the Word of God, there is no other name, there is no other name by which we can be saved. The name of Jesus says it all. We love you, Lord. Amen.